Welcome back to the Work For It podcast. I know you're hearing my voice, but this is not an interview unless you call a one-on-one show with Ben Butler an interview. Yeah, Brian's out of here, but before we get into the show, I know, sorry, Ben. Brian's gone. Yeah, boo, whatever. But before we get into the show, let's go ahead and thank our sponsors. First and foremost, Maritime Knife Supply. If you need handle material, blade material, mono steel, They've got so many different things, everything you need for making knives and other projects. Go check them out. You'll get a nice little discount because of the U.S. to Canadian exchange rate. You're going to win on that. So go check them out at MaritimeKnifeSupply.ca. And if you're looking for Baker or really cool Damascus, go over to Baker Forge and Tool at BakerForge.com. Use hash or not hashtag, but WFI10 for 10% off. That's where you're going to find a bunch of really cool Damascus, nice layered steels. They're always coming up with really cool things. And then also thank you guys who support us on Patreon. It's only like $10 and 80 what cents, a 10, right around $11 a month. And come on, like you can either buy yourself a burrito or you can support us. Right, right. Yeah, it's not a month, a year. You know what I'm talking about. This is why Brian does all these ad, re- ad reads. I'm not good at this. A year of listening to Brian read ad reads impeccably well. <laughs> but anyways, you also get those 52 after shows and on the Patreon app. That's where we're going to be able to talk a little bit more in depth and stuff. Man, let's go ahead and get into this show, eh? Yeah, What's man. What's happening? Nice Dude, work, man. Brian and Ben show. This is going to be fun. We got two Bs instead of three, but we'll take as many as we can get, I guess. There it is. There oh, it is. Ben, what the hell's it. happening with you? I mean, you you just went on a pretty cool trip, I hear. Yeah, man. You know, the summer is here. My boy's uh, last day of school was last Thursday, I guess. And so Christy's still... Uh, her contract goes for another week and a half, I think. So summer's here for the boys. Um, everybody's invading my work slash office space, you know. Got the big shift there. But we took a trip um, many moons ago. We lived in Seattle when we first moved away from the Pennsylvania madness. Uh, Christy and I moved to Seattle before, uh, before we were married and had just graduated college with her undergrad, and I guess she had her master's at that point. But anyway, lived in Seattle. I lived there for right around a year. Christy lived there two years. And we still are really good friends with her old roommate and uh, her husband. So once a year, we try to get together with them, either meet in the middle, go on a camping trip, or they come here, we come there. Last summer, they actually were visiting... um, the husband's brother over in New York. So they came to Pennsylvania, which was mm-hmm. really cool. Show them that stomping ground. But so we spent the long weekend up in Seattle. It was it was a blast, man. It was cool to be back. That's in cool. The city that we lived in. That's cool. Um, I've always wanted to take Emily to Seattle, or maybe it's the other mm-hmm. way around, because her grandma, the one that had my little baby shop in her backyard, okay, she yeah. lived in Seattle for a while. So oh, no it would be really cool to kind of like take her back to Seattle and let her show us yeah. the sights and whatnot. But it's, I hear um, it's a great place. It really is, you know, and, and being back there, you know how when you live in a place, things just become sort of, they fade into the background, right? Like 
in Boise here, we've got beautiful foothill mountains, you know, to the north of the city that are constantly just popping out in view, you know, when you're driving along or different shit like that. And the longer you live here, the more you ignore them, which is really sad. And the same for Seattle, man, like we're driving along and all of a sudden out pops Mount Rainier, you know, it's like, oh, fuck, yeah, man. And just the different sights and scenes like we spent uh, one afternoon, took a little hike down uh, to the sound, down to the water and just hung out on a beach, you know, and uh, what, what's cool, I think, you know, I grew up East Coast beaches in Delaware, uh, Maryland, that kind of area. My whole extended family would go. We'd all kind of save our pennies all winter long, you know, and then for a week we'd rent a house at the beach. Um, and growing up back east with eastern beaches, it's really white, not white sand, but, you know, fluffy, light-colored sand and just uh, people everywhere, you know, surf culture, all that shit. The beaches in the Pacific Northwest are drastically different. You know, <laughs> like the sand is dark, almost like a gray color. There's rocks everywhere. Uh, driftwood. There is so much driftwood on all of the Pacific Northwest beaches I've ever been to. Like I told Christy, I was like, you give me a box of 16 penny nails and a hammer. I would have a fucking blast here for a month just putting together forts and structures. And, you know, it was just really cool. But wow. then we found a baseball laying on the beach. And then, of course, we had to fashion a bat out of a chunk of driftwood. So we had a little baseball game on the beach. And yeah, it's just a good time. Just really nice to unplug, be with family and friends, and just, you know, kick off summer the right way. Sounds like your Memorial Day weekend was really good. Um, did it you was guys? Really fun. You didn't happen to have a fire bit, did you? Sitting around? Uh, you know, we did, we did actually Sunday night, there was a small, he, Toby has a small, one of those chimney or whatever they are, those little chimney deals, you know, Oh, it looks okay. like a, it looks like a thermometer, right? With the top <laughs> cut off and you yeah, put my the parents, fire in the bottom. My parents had one of those and those are like one of the most efficient burning things. Oh like, Lord. When it gets done, there's no, not even ash in the bottom. They were the smokeless fire pits before people invented fucking smokeless fire pits, man. Yeah. They, I mean, that thing produces zero smoke. You're right. It, it burns fuel completely. There's no ash. Yeah. But we did have a fire pit. I did not sit on anywhere near it. Ah, uh, playing, playing a yard on. game. While the fire pit was going on. Have you ever played the game Cub or Cub? K-U-B-B? Tell me about it. It's apparently, I think it comes from Scotland, but I could be wrong. I don't know. Um, it is sort of like a cross between uh, bocce ball and horseshoes. Okay. And so, so you have two teams, right? Uh, and you face each other with... I think it's 26 foot of distance apart, right? All right. So the, the field that you play on is uh, 16 by 26. And on either end of the long end of the field, you stretch out, I think it's six little wooden blocks that are maybe six inches tall, and then they're two inch by two inch wide. And you spread those out across the, um, the 16 foot of distance you've got there. All right. The, uh, and then in the middle sits a castle block and it's bigger okay your objective is to knock over the smaller six inch blocks that are across from you 
before the other team knocks theirs over, basically, right? It's not a race, but you, you take turns. You throw these six batons at these sort of blocks of wood. And then once you knock all of the six over in the back row, then you can go for the castle in the middle. Gotcha, so, gotcha. You know, those turns, little whatever it's one yeah. of those things when, you know, when you go camping, there's always those little side like cornhole is a big one or yeah. what are those yeah. one where there's the golf balls with the little piece of string and you're supposed to fling them onto a oh, ladder? We call it horse nuts. <laughs> but I think they <laughs> call it ladder do. ball. I think yeah. it's called ladder ball. There's always yeah, those. Always call it horse nuts. There's always those yeah. little side games. Whenever you go camping, you just have to try it at least once or twice. Well, yeah. so this past. What about this your past, weekend? What'd you do? Well, we actually went up north. Emily's parents have a, you know, year-round campsite up in Wolverine, Michigan. And, nice. you know, it's it's not like tent camping. They have campers and, you know, because it's year-round, they have like a deck built off on the one side and there's like literally a okay, cool. like bridge that goes down to where the there's a like footpath bridge looking thing that goes down oh, nice. to the fire pit because, you know, Emily's dad is always where all some pieces of shit hang out. Well, no. So the every summer he has like these big projects, and you know, a couple of years oh, ago nice. it was building the deck on the side, you know, because you know you gotta. Yeah. You, it's it's one of the what things. What do they call then, the place? Like some people call it the land or the camp or what's it, what do you guys call it? I'm always they curious about the. Vernacular. I mean, they don't really have that. I mean, the place. I don't know if I should probably say the place. It's a little little. You too just granular. say up north. It sounds like. Yeah. yeah, it's up in Wolverine. It's it's uh okay. the campsite. But, nice. you know, a couple this past um, this past couple weekends ago when we went up there just for a couple days, um, we went to, you know, go get ice cream. And they had this little like it was supposed to be axe throwing, but it was little plastic axes. And have you ever seen those darts <laughs> where the dartboard has like pegs coming out so that you don't have to yeah, actually yeah, use like proper bristle, darts? Yeah, bristly kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It had the exact same thing, but for axe throwing. No and kidding. We probably – we went and got ice cream. We probably stood there for like an hour and a half playing with this little kid's toy. Just and it was just nice. screwing around. So they went They went in and asked the owner, where did you guys find this? And they said, of course, they had it at Costco. And they were looking at picking one up, and I was like, screw it. Why not just let me make some little throwing knives, and we can yep. do the real thing until exactly, I – right? So, Why fuck around? So I thought like – you know, I'm going to surprise them with it. And then, you know, of course, Blade Show's coming up and I needed to finish a knife to I take know, with me. I know how that goes. Yeah. So this, when we went up there, I kind of, instead of surprising them, I pitched the idea and they're all about it. And then, like, they thought about it for a little bit. It's like, oh, you want to throw, <laughs> throw real knives where, you know, kids are running around and dogs are running around. And, <laughs> okay, now now reality is starting to set in a little bit. So, Yes, the yeah. knife throwing situation. Yeah, maybe we should probably keep it in plastic where there's kids and and dogs running around. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, uh, you can always have them for the grown up uh, stuff. Yeah, but here's the thing, you know, there's always people who get just a little bit too tipsy and decide to throw it a little bit too True. hard, and maybe in a little bit in the wrong direction. And it's probably just not the best idea. Yeah, I get it, but you know, still be fun. Yeah, sure, sure. So <laughs> so you're not going to make it then, I guess, in the end. Right? No, in the end, I think the throwing stars are the throwing knives are probably off to the wayside. Yeah. Another project for another day. 
But that's such a maker thing, man, where, where it's like, fuck, I could make it, but better. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's my question to you, Ben. Do you have any yeah. summer projects that you have coming up that you're excited to try to tackle? Oh, man. You know, well, my summer is mostly probably going to be the big Atlanta job, to be honest, and logistics behind all that. Around the house here, we've been wanting to um, – so when we bought our house, the detached garage that's now my shop, it had a an RV parking pad beside it. Have okay. you ever seen that? Oh, yeah. Where you see it all all over out here. It's, you know, it's just poured for a camper or an RV to park sort of beside the, the garage. There was no roof over it or anything like that. We we sort of used it as a patio. And then, I don't know, a handful of years ago or more now, probably eight years ago or so, uh, my old man and, and Christy's dad, we um, put a roof on it. So we tied a roof in and have a you know pretty good nice little covered patio back there now but the problem is we built the patio bigger than the concrete pad under it you know oh, no. it was pretty pretty narrow so we've had this strip of gravel about four bah, probably about five to six foot across in front of the concrete for a handful of years now and it's not a huge thing you know um but it's a it's annoying and the entire concrete pad needs replaced and the concrete that goes to it from the house and that the concrete sidewalk essentially that's in front of the shop and everything all that stuff needs replaced as well but we just cannot swallow the pill of paying for concrete right now you know mm. so we keep putting it off so is the did you say the concrete itself is crumbled or is it just heaved down? Yeah, it's beat. It's all beat. You know, and mm. and the where it is at the patio, it in probably eight or nine foot of length, it slopes almost four inches. <laughs> so so it's kind is of like there big cracks in it, or is it something that maybe yeah. you could pay some? Oh, there are cracks. Yeah, yeah there's cracks, that. and it's it's yeah, it's probably. I, if I had to guess, thirty years old. The concrete See, itself. What I was saying, what I was trying to get at, is maybe if it's still, you know, crack free or very little cracks, you need to get a hold of our short, fat friend, Nine Toed Wonder, yeah. Brigham Kendall. That's true. Yeah, it's pretty past its prime. And then in front of the shop, um, it is more or less sort of a standard width for a sidewalk. You know, whatever, 32, 36 inches or so wide. But then it really gets skinny as you walk back towards the patio. You know, it was kind of built in such a way that you don't go out to your RV every day, you know, sure, so you didn't sure. need much of a sidewalk to get back there. But for us to, to walk back to the patio, it's way too narrow. And so what happens is you start trudging through the grass and then that makes mud everywhere. And it just, it's kind of messy back there. So we want to widen out the concrete pad I want to wrap the whole. I want to wrap the roof around to the shop door, so we have a bigger patio and, you know, uh, covered uh, cover the door to the shop. But that's never going to happen. So, <laughs> <laughs> but we're trying to think about could we do it in waves? You know, could we do the sidewalk part this summer, and then the patio next summer? Does that even make sense? I don't know. So I know a couple concrete guys. I'm going to have come out take a look at it, throw some mm. numbers at it, and. 
at least get you know get the sticker shock over with and uh then we'll put it off for another couple of years <laughs> <laughs> what, what about you you got any any house projects or other big projects oh nice jesus projects see the, the problem summer? the problem with this house is it constantly is going to need projects for the next couple of years i know it I you know, know how it is man when you That's a problem when with you, my wife oh jesus <laughs> Hey, no. She always comes nice. up with something, man. Oh, <laughs> I thought you're, that was a diss a on your wife there. No, I'm just saying she's <laughs> always got a project, man. It's like, Jesus. Jimmy Christmas. Just be happy with what you got, woman. See, <laughs> no, the I, thing is, I like, kid. I'm the same way. <laughs> you know, there's always going to be projects. You know, the, the, the one room's going to, okay, we've got two rooms that are finished. We're about halfway through getting through a third room. There's still, a fourth room, the bathrooms, and a kitchen that needs to be completely redone. So it's yeah. going to be a long, long haul on getting this place up to scratch. I mean, it's it's livable now, but it's not sure. like we're going to have people over. Okay. Um, yeah. And so then, of course, like there's the backyard. Wanna... Oh, oh yeah. So so we've got the, the bedroom done, the living room done. We're working on the sunroom because that's where I really imagine most of our, like, if we're not working or not sleeping yeah. the sunroom is going to be like the place to sit it's it's yeah. just i love it just all of those windows you know oh, it's just great i love it yeah um, so here in boise there are um when we were looking at houses you know when you're when you're running around with realtors you kind of learn these cool little quips and facts and neat little things but in boise a lot of houses back in the day and they're still there now they're just not used for this but back in the day they had what they called sleeping porches okay and, and it was so, sort of like a sunroom but it would be on um on like the north side of the house or a shady side of the house and literally in the summertime they'd have all windows and in the summertime people would actually move their bed to the sleeping porch because it was <laughs> you know, a lot cooler and they get the breeze and it's kind of genius because here with the air being so dry we could hit 110 degrees during the day and 65 at night yeah you know it yeah. could literally swing that much so as long as you get some air movement and some shade the sleeping porch would be you know the place to be i'm like man that's freaking cool i want to that's the thing that i love about our backyard is there's so many really mature maple trees that oh, nice. we have complete shade like you go out yeah. into the front yard which doesn't have nearly as much shade and it's an 80 degree day you walk into the yeah. backyard and it feels like you know 70 because you're in the yeah. shade oh i it's can tell beautiful. you my biggest piece of advice if you've got a lot of trees i i did not do this which is why i can give the advice find a tree guy have him come look at them and not just somebody that trims and cuts them, but somebody that knows how to maintain their fucking health. Mm. We've got a bunch of elms and, and other trees that separate our house from the neighbors. Well, the elms have this elm leaf minor bug that's eating the fucking leaves. And, oh, yeah. And if elm we, you know, like all this shit's going wrong with them. I'm like, no. All of oh. the elms in our area are just like completely wiped out because of that. Yeah, they're going to be functional. Is it a virus or a beetle or something? Yeah, yeah. But it's like, you know, I we've talked since we bought the house how much shade and how awesome all those trees are. And now looking down the barrel of a lot of them being pretty unhealthy, not just the elms. 
I'm kicking myself in the ass going like, man, I should have had somebody come out regularly, you know, that knew that knew their shit when it came to trees just to kind of keep them healthy for me. But I don't know. Might, might now, be too late. Might not. We'll see. Now the downside, I mean, these trees are huge. They're very mature. So, and they're yeah. healthy. There's not like big limbs on them that are dead. Right. They're all very right. healthy. So, you know, I'm, I'm not really worried about that. The thing that I Neither am worried I. about. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But the thing that I am worried about is running this because this last podcast we we're talking about running electricity, and I had a bunch of people yes. reach out to me. Thank you guys for all of the advice. I really appreciate all of you that reached out to me. But yeah. here's the problem: I'm gonna have to dig, you know, between 18 inches and two feet uh, deep trench yep. from the from the basement of the house to the shop. And it's all yep. through all of these really mature <laughs> freaking well, roots. <laughs> yeah, cutting those roots. I mean, those that big of tree, cutting those sort of superficial roots, that shouldn't affect them. I mean, you'd have to mm. cut a ton of root uh, to hurt big trees like that, mm. um, honestly. And I have to apologize. I house, house went off and got you a bunch of info about electricity and i was trying to get out of town for seattle and i never looped back to put my two cents in but it looked like he had you pretty well covered there that's all right in our text message thread yeah between 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 brian and oh, a couple other people Jake, a couple other listeners jake breaks sorry what was jake that are we on the highway we're back and we had some technical difficulties that dump truck you heard go by just completely Jesus. knocked ben off of the show i don't know <laughs> what was that situation I come was on jackknifed by jake breaks <laughs> not good squirrel man yeah that they're was... doing some uh they're a little road construction here and uh for some reason he decided to blast his jake breaks right in front of my house apparently apparently love it but yeah, Ben, so I kind of want to jump back into, you know, you know, basically my my week has all been kind of getting ready for Blade Show. And yeah, man, one of those the topic of the hour, I know everyone's talking about Blade Show and I'm super excited. And, you know, I'm very humble that you guys, the patrons, you know, the reason why I can go is because you guys support us. We took all that money and it helped me buy tickets there. It's going to help me, you know, through the show. And uh, yeah, so I c so, couldn't have done it without you guys. But with this Blade Show, my big mistake last year was not taking a piece of work to, you know, show to all the okay. different people that I'm meeting. Because yeah. you, you get all of these really high-end knife makers and they say, oh, well, let me see a little bit of your work. And then you're yeah. a jackass if you pull out your phone and it's like, oh, look at this and look at this. Well, right, come on, right. that's no they good. They want to see the steel, man. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So I made this little harpoon EDC situation and it's a just, it. just under a five-inch blade, maybe somewhere between four and a half, five-inch blade. And it's this harpoon design that I've been kind of developing. Um, mm -hmm. This thing really has like been... This thing has been a son of a bitch. Really? Why? I have had so many issues with this damn knife. Oh, man. Go figure, right? And, like, here's the thing. All the way putting it together, like, the, the base building of the knife has been a breeze. I've loved it. I did um, okay. the segmented scales on it. I don't know if you cool. saw that little, you know, the reel I put out with the piece of uh, segmented scales with the black pearl, the blue line. So this yeah, I haven't been on uh, IG a whole lot this weekend. 
That's all right. That's all right. The the let me just kind of build it up real quick. So yeah, do it. It's black pearl for the main part of the scale, but there's this diagonal. It's got, it's probably a, like a thirty degree diagonal, and it's got you know the blue liners on both sides of the copper carbon fiber, copper infused X forged carbon fiber, and of course blue liners between the, the material and the spine. So I really spent a long time, you know, making sure that yeah. that's perfect, and I was really proud that's of that sense. handle. But here's the thing: I got to to the end, and you know, I had it. I did um, 1084 on the steel. I just did stock removal, okay. and yep. I did an acid wash and then a a tumble in the in the rock. So an acid wash, yep. looked great. I love the way that the finish came out. It was really great. Well, when I'm doing the handle shaping, I put the tape all all on the blade to make sure that I don't screw it up. And then, of course, I bump it in the wrong spot and I put, you know, these scratches. And, you know, it's almost to the point of it probably could have been fine, but, you know, I'm trying to be a little bit. Exactly. Exactly. So I tear it. I I completely um, use the um, Scotch Bright belts, and I take the entire finish off, and I re-etch it. Oh wow! And I down re to, completely down to the beginning. Huh? Exactly. Well, the nice thing about using synthetic handles is that you can dunk it in the acid, and it'll be fine. I did have to okay. tape it all all up to go through the tumble again, but whatever. It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. And then yeah. last night, I was on the Hustle and Grind show, the podcast, and we we're talking about our own personal like pet peeves. And I think I think it was Ryan said when, you know, you look down the plunge line and you can see the edge is just one way or the other. And I sit there and I've got this fucking knife in my hands and I look down the plunge line and it is half of like Dude. it's a millimeter off one direction. Oh, and it's like, Jesus Christ, this is a what rookie move. That yeah. is that is something that I haven't done in a while. Having it be okay. off like that, so of course you know I've already completely re shop. right. I've redone the finish once, so of course what what do I do? I go out there and I just kind of shave off one side so it looks symmetrical, right? And then of course you have to redo the entire finish, and I redid wow. the finish, and now so when I went to I I finished it all up and whatever it looks great, and I go to um, polish the spine. Well, there must have been some sort of grit on on the polishing. The I used this cotton oh, fiber, putting big scratches in places. Well, so when you go down the spine, it was like scratching maybe maybe a centimeter. There's just these all the way around the blade wherever I oh. polish the spine. There's just these little scratches that go like parallel with the spine and around oh, the curves, ugly. and it's like. Jesus Christ, I've already redone the the finish on this twice and now Dude, I think some, I might have to do it again. Isn't it it's this some projects it always amazes like and it's always something pretty simple, right? And it just eats your fucking lunch. And man, there is probably nothing in the workshop that will get me fucking fired up than that kind of bullshit, you know, where it's just almost a comedy of errors, you know, just one after the other, after the other, after the other. And you know better for every single one of them. Exactly. You can't stop That's the thing. Doing it. So <sighs> last night I was, I went upstairs after the podcast and I was pissed. I was like, Jesus Christ, right. how did I miss? And I show it to Emily and she's like, you know, it's okay. Oh, it's Don't fun. worry about it. You do such well, great work, babe. Oh, well, it wasn't. So, proud of 
That's the thing with Emily is she's very realistic. She sees, like, if I point something out, she can see it. And now from here on out, she'll look for that little thing. Oh, that's but, good, yeah. And, you know, she just, you know, said, it's it's a mistake, no worries. But the thing that I was trying to get uh, to her is, like, this is something that I should be past. This is not yeah. a problem that I should be having at this level of knife making, yeah. you know? So what do you think happened? What do you, th what do you think was the, was it? The pressure? Was it uh, hurrying? Was it, what do you think? It might be the combination of the two because all the way through, you know, I was, you know, doing this, I was really thinking about all of the people that I'm going to show. Like if I'm going to show up okay. to Steve Schwarzer and he's going to look at this, he's going to see, you know, it's got to be perfect. It's got to be perfect, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yep. So, yep. and there's, I'm not, not just Steve Schwarzer. There's a million knife right. makers that I'm right. going to be showing this to. And you want yeah. to show off your best work. And I think because I was in my head thinking about, you know, oh, you got to nail this. You got to nail this. You got to nail this. Instead of right. just making that's yeah. where all those mistakes came from. I think you're right. And, and think like reflecting very briefly on times where I've run into shit like that in the shop, where it's just the comedy of errors one after the other that I know better. It oftentimes does seem that's the case, right? Either it is a, like a client that you really respect or that, you know, is, you know, in the know, or they're really critical or something, right. Had very specific needs or wants or it's someone else in the industry is going to see it. Um, I think there's something about that. We all know damn well there's no such thing as perfect, right? Yeah. But that's not going to stop any of us from trying to get there, <laughs> you know? Uh, and I think in doing so, you do. And So when I first started making things to sell, I remember this very distinctly. Um, I had posted to Facebook, you know, I'll make your Pinterest dreams come true, basically. I'll make whatever <laughs> the fuck you want, you know. Um, and just started selling stuff. And I remember about four or five months in, hitting a point, and Christy and I were just kind of talking about, you know, how, how it was going and everything else. And I said, you know, I, I'm afraid if I don't start lowering my standards a little bit, I'm going to work. I'm, I'm never going to make any profit. Right. Because I would spend so much fucking time with a project going over the tiniest of details 16 times, you know, and I wouldn't let go of that thing until it was perfect. It like in, in at least two cases that I can remember actually was late delivering it just because of my perfectionism. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes when you're a, when you're selling something in particular, right? At least in woodwork, most people um, aren't gonna look at your picture frame and criticize the half millimeter gap in the miter. You know, oh, <laughs> they're yeah. gonna see a whole picture frame and they're gonna say, man, that's fucking awesome. It's exactly what I wanted. You know, they're gonna overlook all those small little errors. But this and is a little bit different, you know. And that's you know. the thing with, you know, it's kind of where I've had to kind of swallow that pill when I became a full-time knife maker. Yeah. Um, there's a price point that you give to your customer. And at some point, if you put in more work than that price point yields, then you're losing mm -hmm. money. Yeah. And absolutely. you have to start being okay. Of course, you want to put out the best of the best work. You strive for greatness. And sometimes you hit greatness. 
But every once in a while, you have to realize, you know, you've there's going to be a scratch line. There's going to be, yeah. you know, a little minor thing that yeah. if you're, and I feel like a bastard saying this even like you never want to stop. If you, if right. I could, if I could have another week, I would spend the whole week making this sure. knife perfect. Yeah, but the thing is, I don't. I have knife, a deadline. Right? Yeah. There's a flight I need to catch, and there's nothing. There's nothing I can do. Well, there are things I can do between now and then to fix it. But, but you know, if I do that, I'll have another mistake come up. Or yeah. at some point, you and need you to say quit. You could do all of that and stick it in your fucking pocket, and it gets scratched, right? right? Or some stupid little thing fucking happens to it in your luggage, or you know. And I think that's those are the lessons that only time can teach. You know. Yeah. Is, that you, you reach the point of diminishing returns. And I think you reach it well before most of us acknowledge that we're there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we'll take it at least two steps further all the time. But yeah. It's, it, do, do you think you would have picked up on that if you hadn't been on the podcast and Ryan hadn't called that out as his personal pet peeve? Oh, absolutely. I would have. I just yeah. hadn't. So just when. I. I was making that knife right up to like 20 minutes or finishing that knife until yeah. 20 minutes before I sat down for the show. So I yeah. just hadn't set, I hadn't like done my final look and you look at every little minute detail. Right. And like yeah. one of the last things I do on every knife is I sit down and I, I really study it for like 15 minutes. Like I really nice. get into the weeds on it. And for yeah. whatever reason, while I was grinding the bevels, I just didn't see it. I mean, yep. it could that have been happens. a light issue. It could have been a just not, you know, focus. I was doing this part of things, and I was already starting to hyper focus on the next project before while I was finishing this up. So I didn't like. Okay. I was mentally thinking about the next thing already. You know. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, and I was just thinking too, like a little bit of an advantage with making something like a knife is that you can do that. You can sit down and pour over the tiniest of details you can get a fucking magnifying glass out if you want you know um when you make something big like a table or a cabinet the advantage there is that it's so big that a lot of those small details fade into the background right yeah so yeah. i think it's a little bit more advantageous when you're making a big ass table than it is a knife because the small things stand out a lot more on a knife but arguably they're also easier to spot ahead and fix you know so. yeah Kind of a double-edged sword there. Yeah. Man, I don't know. Well, that's cool. So you're happy with it in the end? <sighs> I'm never going to be happy Semi. with it. Because yeah. I know I know that the people that I'm going to be handing it to will see any little thing that is wrong with it. And I, okay. I, know, I know those problems in advance. So it's like yeah. I want to be able to fix them before I go. Yeah. Will you do the... Uh, Will you, will you do the thing that we all do and apologize for the mistakes as you hand it over? <laughs> Probably out of nerves, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really. Well, at least you can be selective in who you show it to, I guess, right? Like if, if somebody asks to see something you've made and you're not comfortable showing them, oh, I didn't bring anything. <laughs> well, know? that's the thing is, you know, I want to put my – the big thing about Blade Show is you have so many master smiths. You have so many journeyman smiths. Yeah. You have so many – highly talented knife makers that you're able to pick the brains of and you know show right. a piece of work and like get some really intelligent feedback from there you go it would yeah, be I a guess shame just humble right right yeah. it would be an absolute waste of time or it'd be an absolute shame 
if I decided to just keep this thing in my backpack and not show it, yeah. you know? Good point, man. That's a very good point. You know, don't, I know. don't hide behind your mistakes. And and I think I, I, I always do appreciate if somebody says, oh, there's this one spot here, but I'm aware of it and given time would have fixed it, you know, because you wouldn't want a conversation with somebody you really respect to revolve just around that one little area or that one little mistake, right? Yeah. And I can yeah, see I somebody sort of hyper fixating on that and well it's a pretty gentle piece of feedback to give and so they stay right in that lane when instead you want them to point out other shit that you don't know about (laughs) (laughs) and that's the thing right right so i brought up that i was i brought up that i was on the hustle and grind podcast man literally last night i sat down and it came up this morning or came out this morning real quick turnaround on that and then Brian was on it the week before. Are, are they doing the full trio? Are you on next week? Well, I need to apologize to those guys because when I was in McCall, I missed the show. Aww. Yeah. So I want to publicly apologize to the two fine gentlemen on the Hustle and Grind. And at some point we can make it up, I'm sure. Maybe. If, if not, that's cool too. But do really enjoy their show. Been, been oh, getting yeah. into it more and more lately. I, I go in such waves with podcasts and it's so dependent on what my app is feeding me, you know, Ooh. Um, just the podcast app on the iPhone isn't seemingly the best at always feeding me new episodes from shows that I follow. Do you, do you ever get that? Yeah, it gives you like six recommendations on top. And, yeah. you know, of course, for me, it's going to be our show, um, Knife Talk, um, the um what's the one that jeff does damn it oh yes um um, 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 why am i blanking on full blast jesus wow (laughs) jeff i apologize straight to you damn it i don't know just complete brain fart there there's too many man hustle hustle and grinds on there you know it's it's those four and then there's a couple other like i'll have a lot of times when i'm working in the shop sometimes i'll just put on seven 60s 70s rock oh man just jam to that man but yeah, there's so many, there's so many other podcasts that I listen to regularly that just for whatever reason, don't get into that thing. And it's just like the, the thing out of sight, out of mind. Uh Uh-huh. Totally. Well, we did some recommendations on podcasts a couple episodes ago. Uh, do you have any new ones that you've been tuning into? Oh boy. I'd have to think about that for a minute. I haven't been on a whole lot of podcasts lately. I've been listening to a lot of like old school rock Okay. Um, Art of craftsmanship. You gotta, you gotta give love to the AOC boys. Yep. Um, this was a This was a recommendation by, um, Blackthorn concepts. Um, and it's called snafu. S N A F U. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it says by the 1980s tension between the U S and the Soviet union was a fact of everyday life. And, and so this podcast goes into a very near miss that we had with Russia back in the day or the Soviet Union back in the day where the, nobody was sure if we were doing a nuclear bomb exercise or we were launching the damn thing. And uh, the, everybody had fingers on the fucking triggers of nuclear bombs ready to drop them on each other. And, and then it and came down... This, 
And wasn't it the situation where like there had to be three people that turned creek keys and two of them did and then the two last did, one didn't? Yeah. The yes. two did. Like we're yes. that close. <laughs> it was balls deep, man, like ready to explode. But that that's a good one. I don't know that they've come out with any new episodes in in a long while. There's one or two seasons, 12 episodes each. I I like binge listened to them right straight through. Um but what else? Uh, the Working Hands podcast, a great podcast. Uh, Knife Perspective is a good one. Knife Perspective is a good one. Axe and Iron, Chris Cash, and uh, what's his face over there? I should not say names because See, I never here's the, right. Here's the thing. There's so many good so maker many. podcasts. Like, even if you go back a couple years ago, there was Full, Bla- yeah. there's Full Blast and Knife Talk. And there's a couple other ones, you know, but for after those, there's like the cream of the crop and then there's a steep fall off. I feel like, I feel like the fall off is very gradual now. There's a lot of, there's a lot of really good ones that are just on the cusp. There hasn't been a, like during COVID, there was a rash of new shows, right? Because everybody was locked up and trying to find a new way to create content and they had some extra time and, but most of those shows did, you know, anywhere between four and 10 episodes and then faded. In fact, there was probably what three or four shows under the Makery network that faded over time. Oh yeah. Some of them really short amount of time. Um, but I I don't know, there was, uh, do you you ever see, ever hear of rich roll? He does a podcast where he, uh, sort of talks about life more, but it's an interview show. And he gets some great people on just talking about health and life and mental, you know, clarity and, you know, just a mental attitude and all that kind of stuff. And I just saw a reel from him where he was like, it's kind of amazing, right? After all these years, podcasts have been around for actually quite of a long time now. And he's like, it has just really come into its own as one of the best forms of content to create because it's intimate it's you know you can expand on a thought it doesn't have to be flashy um you know there's it's i don't know i enjoy it so much and i think so feel so fortunate that people actually want to tune in and listen to what we have to say and And the other the other beautiful thing about podcast is there's so many different ways to do a show you know, yeah. you can do like what we do, or we do very little prep ahead of time, and we just have mm-hmm. a conversation. And it's, you know, the show is us talking about our week, talking about the hashtag, you know, the yep. projects, highlighting a few different ideas. You know, Brian House normally has a really big thing to talk about every right, week. Right. And then we can have a conversation around what's going on. Or you yeah. can go down another route where it's very structured and, okay, we're going to talk about this pr- thing and then we're going to talk about this thing and you, you're very structured right. on that. Or you could do Hustle and Grind where it's a combination of the two where it's a lot of conversation and then they have these you know bits in, the, in between where there's these yep. little game show aspect. Yeah. Or you could go in a totally different route. I mean, it's, it's essentially radio where there's no commercials in between. Exactly. And I love it. Yeah, yeah. I do too. And, and I love listening to podcasts. I love creating podcasts. I mean, I'm, I similar to Jeff Fader grew up with the radio on all the time. Right. You know, even when we'd go to bed, the, the, the radio would be on. Um, and just, 
it was like having another person in the room, you know, that was always putting something out or you catch a little quip and, oh, that's cool, a little piece of news or a joke or a whatever, you know, and it was just kind of like being in a bar room eavesdropping on people, you know. And so now to not have that background noise for me is really hard, you know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it does keep me company in some way for sure. So Absolutely. I, I'm in that camp all, all the way. Here's the other side. One of the one of the other problems I had with my harpoon clip is I had the thing completely the way I wanted it. It was perfect. I loved mm -hmm. it. I was sharpening the top and I threw on a, a worn out 220 grit and I started, okay. you know, basically getting the final sharp edge on it. And I did a first like one or two passes and then I was listening to knife talk. And yeah. it was it was Jeff Fader and Ben Snore, and I yeah. should have known. Don't put on a hilarious podcast when you're doing <laughs> something as gentle as freaking sharpening on my belt grinder. And Ben Snore said something, and I forget what it was, but I literally halfway <laughs> through gr going across, I literally threw my head back and laughed hard. Nice. And that I looked back down great, and I pulled the knife away and I had touched <laughs> I touched the the side of the blade on the abrasive. No. And that was that was the first time and it was way too bad. Like there's no fixing that. No I had to completely that, huh? I had to completely strip it and re-etch and re-tumble oh. and all the Ugh. <laughs> and that was that was the thing. That was the first step on right. how this thing when has shit just starts like that, you know it's not gonna be a good day. Oh, it was bad. It was bad. I was so pissed. Oh, <laughs> so, so what's the setup for, uh, for blade show last year? You were, uh, you had a crew that you stayed with. Is that what's going on this year? Or you guys get a house or. Yeah. So Brian house has a house and, um, there's, yeah. there's a bunch of people that's going to be there. I, I don't know if I'm supposed to say exactly who, you know, I, okay. I don't know. Well, so I mean, pickle's gonna be there, you know. There's there's some the there's usual, some regulars, right? yeah, right, right. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure we'll be posting, and maybe I'm just being a little too cautious here. But yeah. you know, there's going to be that house, and then uh, Neil Warren has a house that he's rented that's about 15 yeah. minutes away, and there's a big old slew of people there that are you know a part of the friend yeah. group. And I think we're gonna be kind of going back and year. forth, right? Right, yeah. exactly. But um, but realistically, outside of the first day. Like we're going to get there the first day and we're probably going to have like a little dinner together and hang out, you know, introduce yeah, and supper. have fun. And then once Blade Show starts, you know, you wake up, you go to Blade Show, you stay at Blade Show all day, you stop for dinner. We probably will group up for dinner and then we'll go back to the pit until one o'clock in the right. morning. Rinse, nice. repeat. So you're yeah. going you're going to those places to sleep. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I've heard people say about like WorkbenchCon in particular that you don't go to WorkbenchCon for WorkbenchCon, you go to WorkbenchCon for the people. Would you yes. say that about Blade Show or, so or do you there's, get more out of the show? So there's two different camps. There's the people that go there to sell and they're they're you know, they have to sit at their table and sell their wares. Yeah. Or there's people like, you know, Brian House and me and other people who just go there to meet people. To brown I, bag. I'm not brown bagging. The knife <laughs> that I'm taking kidding. with me, I promise uh, you, I will still have it when I'm come home. I'm just kidding. I'm just giving you shit. But, but here's the but thing. Just go to be there. 
that's the thing is it's the largest congregation of knife freaks in the world. Yeah, no doubt. Starting on one end where it's the dollar store, you know, the gas station knife enthusiast all the way up to. I didn't know if there was. There are. There are some pretty shitty knives at Blade Shit. Let's be honest here. But on the other end, there's freaking Mastersmiths there. There's all of these super high level, you know, the best of the best of the best are there. And you get to walk around in the same room as them. And, you know, if you can pluck up the courage, you can go and talk to them. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's cool. That's neat. I didn't realize it covered that much breadth, you know, where you do have sort of the cheaper buy-in bulk which it makes sense, right? Those people would be interested in a show like that as well. You know, if you run a small, I don't know, hunting store, novelty store, and you just want to put some keychain knives on the shelves, you know, there's a market for that. And people I forget make those knives. I forget who it was. Oh, it was a buddy of Echo Blades who is uh, lives right next to Dennis Tyrell. So I was hanging out with him. And one of his friends that were there were like asking me questions about a knife set that was at a different booth. And I said, just screw it. You know, take me over there and show me is because he was asking, is this knife set good? Is it worth it? Is it whatever? And I get over there and it literally looks like those Facebook ads. Oh, wow. Like the the fake Damascus and the it's supposed to be forged, but the forged texture you can see. Like the same yeah. pattern, pattern, exact same pattern it's in just a couple it. different. Or- it literally looks stamped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The thing looked like straight off of Facebook, but they're selling a full Damascus set for like six hundred dollars. Wow, chef set, and it's like you yeah. know this is. But that's the thing is like that is a couple booths down from, you know, sure. a person who is making incredible work. Yeah, yeah, no, and those yeah. shut. Those bullshitters are just right there in the thick of it, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I think that brings up a very good point, too. It's like, how do you sift through the shit? It's not not easy. You know, I, I wouldn't be able to. I mean, I know craftsmanship, but beyond that, I know nothing about knives or steel or, you know, anything like that. So it's it's kind of a kind of a dirty, dark part of the market, you know, in my mind. I, I think it's really kind of sh- shady and kind of wild but again there's a market for it so those people are naturally going to start showing up to events like that you know right right but, it's but the other wild. thing is you know a lot of a lot of the things about knife makers is you're trying to to find these really gorgeous stabilized woods or like yeah. the the dyed marbled whatever all these crazy yep. handle materials well you can only see so much on an instagram picture I mean, sure. sometimes yeah. Instagram pictures, that's enough to be like, oh, my God, that's so cool. I want to try it. Especially when but it to, comes to, like, wood where you want to see unique characteristics of it. Right? But when you go to Blade Show and there's literal tables stacked, you know, four blocks yeah. thick. And it's wow. just you can see as many and pick them up and look at them and, you know, actually yeah. be able to see them and feel the weight in your hand or, you know. You know, one of the things with Black Pearl, I really, I really wish that my carbon fiber guy didn't decide to go on because we were, we, at one point we were talking about, you know, getting a table and being able to sell Black Pearl at Blade Show because. You probably would have sold a pile of that shit, man. But here's the thing, like, you know, Black Pearl, you don't 
you don't really see it as well as you do in person. The effect is yeah. just is not the same on camera. There's a couple of videos that I've taken that you can see the effect, but you don't really see the effect. Do you know what it's I mean? It's like the chatoyance, you know, in some wood where the, when the light hits it just right, it glows. And yeah, some of those characteristics are, are impossible to capture on film. Yeah. Yeah, which would so, make it sell better, I think, in person. You know? Right, right. So, you know, he's on to a bigger, better thing. Like, I, I have no hard feelings, yeah. but, like, that would have been a cool experience. Yeah, yeah. But then, like you say, you'd have been tied down to a booth all week. So well, I would have, would've... he would have been tied down to a booth. I could true. go rope around. <laughs> true, true, true. <laughs> yeah, you stick him in the booth. Get in the booth, you bitch. <laughs> Sell that pearl, fucker. <laughs> So oh. did you did you fly to Seattle back and forth or did you drive? No, we drove. It's about wow. uh, right at right at eight hour drive, um, which you know like we've, we we always say it's it's weird. I feel like long trips when you're out west here are they just seem so much shorter, and and I don't know why that is. If I took an eight hour drive back east, that would damn near get me that would get me down to the Carolinas from Pennsylvania. And that was like fucking murder back in the day, you know, to drive that far would, would be like murder. But out here, I think it's, you know, you're clipping along at 85 miles an hour. Jesus. There's scenery forever. The speed limit in Idaho is actually 80 miles an hour now. On, wow. On, on big freeways. You get over to Oregon and Washington, it dips down to 70 because they're just communists. But um. <laughs> See, that's the exact same thing. So... On I-75 through Michigan, which is kind of right next to where I grew up and where I am okay. at now, it's yeah. 75 miles an hour all the way down. And then let's say if I'm heading down south towards, let's say, Nashville to go see my sister, it's yeah. 75 miles an hour all the way through Michigan. And then you hit Ohio and it dips down to 60. Oh, yeah. Ohio's all Ohio yeah, feels like it takes forever. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, and I think it's just like you got endless scenery, you know, it, the roads are dead straight. Um, and it, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's easier driving and it's easier passengering, if that's even a thing, you know? Um, so yeah, it wasn't bad. We, we left their place yesterday about 9.30 in the morning. We were home by six, you know? Um, What's the road snack situation in your, in your car? Oh, man. It was hurt. we were hurting for road snack this trip, but mostly my wife tries to get us all to eat healthy, and the boys and I just want to eat garbage snacks all the time. That's daily. Um, well, uh, I mean, we naturally. Triscuits, Triscuits, uh, Cheez-Its, uh, a couple of apples that nobody ate. I always <laughs> make sure there's at least a couple bags of gummy of some sort. You know, I've been on a big twin snake kick from Haribo. What the half hell is sour, a twin snake? Sweet. Well, they're snakes, but they're they're double double headed snakes. So one side's sweet, one side's sour. Hey Amen. Double headed just... snake. That's that's maybe something yeah. you can keep yeah. in the bedroom. Okay. I don't know. Oh, that's yeah. I don't know about that. That's a real pleaser, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Crowd favorite, you might say. <laughs> Keeps them coming back for more. All right. All right. But yeah, that's kind of it, you know. We stopped. Uh, well, on the way there, my wife made made sandwiches, like a like a little house on the prairie style. 
So we ate sandwiches on the way there. The way home, we stopped at Taco Bell, and I, I didn't, I never knew this oh, about Ben. Oh, Ben freaking Butler! Come on, they you love have... Taco Bell, and I'm like, right, I don't but really like Taco Bell. Think about your digestive tract. There's no way you held down Taco Bell. Oh, it doesn't matter what I put in there. I don't hold uh, it down anyway. I could eat I fucking vanilla pudding. Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I've I've come to that conclusion. Over all the years with Crohn's disease, people are like, oh, do you ever modify your diet or this or that? And I'm like, no. I already live in enough fucking misery. I'm going to eat whatever the hell I want. Because it doesn't matter what I eat, I'm going to shit it out. There it is. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I feel like there's a life lesson in that. No matter what you eat, you're going to shit it out. Hey, so who cares? Doesn't matter. Eat whatever you want. It's all <laughs> turning to shit anyway. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. But back in the grind now. You guys are off to play. I'm back in the grind. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Got my drawings back from Jimmy the Architect. Oh, how'd that go? Job. Great. Man, Just he just does such great work. Um, and he's kind of old school in a way where he still he actually still starts on paper uh, and just does the, some really cool sketches. Uh, so he got me some cool just sketched drawings of what it would look like you know and like the contractor had a 3d rendering done of the space and i like jimmy's little line drawings with pen and ink 10 times better than any of those uh, just like cartoon like almost you know so he did those and then he had uh, three full sheets outlining all the connection detail points and just really really nailed it and I think it's a great communication tool, but working through that process with him also gave me a lot of insight into how I will install it and build it. So it was, it was money well spent all around to, to take a tactical pause, do some design work with an actual person that knew shit about it, you know? I like that term, tactical pause. Oh yeah, you never heard that one? No, I haven't, yeah. but it makes a lot That's of sense. That's probably a wildfire thing that spills into the office of wildfire management where we say that a lot, tactical pause. It means everybody in the field stops. You know, Sometimes on fires, they'll do a tactical pause for a safety message if something like really big. There's been a really big issue where a lot of people are going to the medic for. They'll take a tactical pause, come on the radio, and share a safety message about wear your fucking gloves or... Don't poop on, don't poop on hot coals or something. You know? <laughs> don't poop on hot coals. <laughs> the steam will kill you. <laughs> Ugh. I mean, some but, people yeah. pay a lot of money for you know steaming. wasn't Wasn't that hey, a big goop thing like that? Pile of shit. No, like steamed nether region. Wasn't that like a thing that um, what's her face? Oh, bull that testicles. Horse nut. Bull bull nuts. <laughs> I don't fucking know. I tried to make a joke and it was um, a swing and a miss. Up don't worry about Missoula, it. In Missoula, outside of Missoula, there's a place, uh, Missoula, Montana, there's a place down the road. What the shit is it called? It was a creek. But they have the big testy festy. What? So every, every fall, they have a, uh, yeah, it's a uh, cow ball, bull balls. So they deep fry, they slice them oh. thin, batter them, and deep fry them bastards, and they have a big testy festy. You go eat Rocky Mountain oysters. Rocky Mountain oysters, yeah. And it's one of those kind of places where it's kind of like a biker bar, and you know, chicks take their shirts off and flash their tits and all that. There it is. There it is. Well, so 
Ben, we're coming up on an hour into the show. So we do not, because Brian's not here, we do not have access to the questions. We're so what? Worthy. I know, I know. We really need to get into that or maybe have a list like a, oh shit, you know. I would list. if Patreon didn't charge you through the fucking nose to have more than one member of your team. Exactly, exactly. It's crazy. Or whatever, whatever. So what we're going to do is we're going to do some really deep dives on the hashtag WFI projects and maybe the hashtag fire pit piece of shit line as well. Oh, that's a good addition. I agree. I have seen some good ones. I saw one yesterday that I thought was maybe maybe actually acceptable. The fire was so large and manly that it, it was is. work to sit by. All right, so that's what we're going to do, and maybe we'll come up with a different topic. So if you guys want to listen to our after shows, this one might, you know, this one's going to be a little bit different than average, but normally we have a question from our Patreon members, and we really get into the nitty-gritty in the after show. So if you want to be a part of that, all you have to do is go to patreon.com and check out Work For It. That's where you're going to find us. Get in for a dollar a month. I think it's ten dollars and eighty some cents a year. Yes, it's worth it. It's worth it. Brian House always had. You know, we all drop the value in the after show. So oh, man. not 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 dropping. We're not lowering the value. We're dropping yes. the knowledge to increase the value. And believe exactly. it or not, I'm holding back on the regular show. Oh really? Wow. Real, you get to see the real me. You know? All right, Ben. Do you happen to have a dad joke? A dad joke. Uh, I have a bookmark somewhere here that I could pull up. Let's well, pull see. one out, and um, I've got this trombone ready, so just let me know. Okay, here we go. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, where we go? I used to hate facial hair. Oh yeah. It grew on me. Yeah. <laughs> There it is. There it is, guys. At oh. first, I thought my chiropractor wasn't any good, but now I stand corrected. There it is. There it is. All right, guys. Well, we we very much appreciate you guys, and I hope you all have a fantastic working week. Hey, if you're at Blade Show, come and find us. We're going to have a great time, me and Bryant and a bunch of the crew. We're going to be rolling around. We're going to be having some fun. Ben, what the hell What the yeah. hell are you looking forward to this upcoming week? Oh, getting some shit done. I got a there long to-do list that needs narrowed down, my friend. Anything in particular? Yeah, that's what You've I'm... got like 10 seconds. Nah. Uh, working on an apron. Working nice. on aprons. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, there it is. buddy. All right. We'll see you guys in the after show. If you're not a part of the Work For It crew in Patreon, jump on it. All you have to do, it's just a dollar a month. Come on. That's all it is. That's it. That's it. Get into it. Cheap. We're cheap. We're cheap date. Yeah, we are. You'll never be bored. Baby!